Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Mets fans, welcome to Future of Flushing. I'm Vito Calisi. This is John Barron. And with us, Paul Gervais of the Brooklyn Cyclones. Paul, thanks so much for doing our show, dude. Thank you guys for having me. Now, you have an incredible journey. You went from a D3 to a closer for one of the best organizations in college baseball. Tell us about that journey. You know, I was very lowly recruited out of high school. Wasn't throwing hard. I mean, I didn't have the tools. It's not like I was overlooked. I just wasn't good enough. And uh, so I went to the D3 school. They uh, were the only school to offer me a, a spot. And after that first year, it wasn't like anything special, anything crazy. My dad, he sat me down. He's like, hey, like this is expensive. You're not on scholarship. And I'm not paying all this money to watch you sit on the bench. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good point. And uh, so that summer he started, We I did two a days every day for the whole summer. We this giant hill in my neighborhood, just run sprints up it every morning, every night for the entire summer. And I uh, started doing uh, velo training with uh, Brandon Young Physical Therapy back home in Raleigh. And uh, I went from like 85 to 92 in one summer and uh, kind of shot up. And then I went back to the Division Three school, Pfeiffer, in the fall. And uh, I just felt like the best way for me to compete at the highest level that I wanted to compete at was going to be probably to go the JUCO route. Uh, so then I transferred to Wake Tech, which is in Raleigh, North Carolina, community college. And we had the COVID season. I didn't have that good of a year. Year was running down, and then COVID happened. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't have any offers to go play Division One. That's You can only use two years of junior college eligibility. So uh, when the... NJCAA offered us another year of eligibility to play JUCO because of COVID. That was big for me. And for me, that saved my baseball career because I didn't know where I was going. And uh, so that whole COVID offseason, I just kind of worked on command and just placement more than just trying to throw hard. And uh, my coach told me that he couldn't guarantee me we were going to have a season in the spring. So I transferred to Pitt Community College, which is uh, Greenville, North Carolina, uh, right near East Carolina University. And uh, that's where everything kind of clicked, kind of came all together. And uh, when I got the call from Alan Dunn, LSU's pitching coach, it was pretty much game over from there. It's, uh, LSU is, to me, the premier program in college baseball. Uh, I've always been interested in them. Not really been a fan being from North Carolina, but I've always like paid attention to them. And it, but as soon as they called me, that was it for me. I wanted to go there for sure. And then obviously Baton Rouge was incredible. So let's talk LSU. Like you said, yeah. one of the best programs in, in the country. Uh, what was your experience like being in Baton Rouge? Uh, it was the best year of my life, for sure. I absolutely loved Baton Rouge. The fans, everybody just makes you feel so welcome. Uh, just going out there every day, you'll have a Tuesday midweek game against like Northwestern State and you got 9,000 people in the crowd that they just love the Tigers and they always cheered us on. And going to football games in the fall, like everything, the, the <laughs> Tiger course. fan base is very passionate. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun down there and it was really, 
really hard decision, but I still think I made the right one to go pro with well, one year left. Well, you brought up the football team, and I told you before we uh, hit record on this that we were <laughs> going to do this. So let's hear your best Coach O impersonation. Go Tigers. All right, not bad. What do you, what do you give that? <laughs> like probably a, do better, but. <laughs> yeah? You want to take another shot at it? Or? I got you, I got you. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Go Tigers. That's pretty good. That's yeah, better. That's the better. first one will give you a Coach O out of 10. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Coach O out of 10. <laughs> that's good. I like that's that. That's good. So you are telling us about this journey you've had, which if you just listen to that is incredible. But one thing you didn't bring up, to get yourself through college and to get private pitching lessons, you worked your way through Olive Garden as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. When I was at Wake Tech and when I first transferred to junior college, my dad was like, hey, time for you to start chipping in. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Nothing better than hearing yeah. that. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So yeah, me and my cousin actually, he was working there and he got me an interview and I got the job as a server there. And it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. Just go and just interact with people. I got free food a lot. So that was pretty cool. And then in the spring when I transferred to Pitt, I went to the one in Greenville and worked there for that spring semester. So it was like two semesters I worked there. It was a lot of fun. Helped me pay my rent, cover groceries and all that stuff. And then like after... Uh, shifts, I'd bring breadsticks to my teammates, my roommates all the time. It was a lot of fun. Call me the breadstick man. It was funny. <laughs> Everyone Jack, needs one. Jack Everyone Alesky. needs one. Jack Alasky, my teammate, he would always call me that. It was hilarious. What's the most breadsticks you've crushed in a single sitting? Probably like eight or nine. A lot. I love breadsticks. They're so good. Now, have you gotten to have real Italian food while you've been here in New York? Uh, yeah, me and my girlfriend went to a place in Manhattan. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a really fancy name. She would probably, she definitely would know, but I have no idea what it's called. It was really good though. I think I, what I have, I had chicken parm. It was really good. Nice. It's a little bit better than Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, but if you ahead. were our waiter, how would you greet us, and what would you be your like waiter rundown? How would you tell us the uh, specials of the night? Well, what I would do is I would walk up there with the breadsticks already in hand, so that you can't have make a better impression than if you walk up with what everybody wants, right? So I'd just walk up with the breadsticks and be like, hi, my name's Paul, How I'm gonna be taking care of you guys. Is there anything special you guys want off the bat? I can talk to you about, let's say, if we got alcoholic specials or we have this monthly stuff, I forgot most of it, but. It was, that's like usually, you're supposed to introduce yourself in like, because of this thing called add-on, so it's like not the meal, not the drink, it's like dessert would be like You gotta extra. upsell. Yeah, you gotta try to sell something extra in every table. And I think I did a pretty good job of that. I had good chemistry, I think, with the uh, people there. Yeah, you sound like a risk king of waiters. <laughs> well, one thing I didn't like is that Vito just uh, sold Olive Garden short by saying real Italian food in New York City, <laughs> as, as if that's not real Italian food, but whatever, I'll let that one go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> I do want to ask you about your decision to turn pro. Yeah. Um, you were drafted by the Mets. You announced that you were going to return to Baton Rouge, and then you changed your mind, which is you're well within your right to do. What what led to that reversal of uh, of course there? Yeah, like I said, it was a really emotional 24 hours for me. I thought I was going to go on the second day of the draft. I was very sure I had a pretty good season at LSU, so I thought I had what I thought was done enough to go. Uh, in those rounds, and I, I guess I didn't really understand the politics of the draft very much. It's not like football or basketball where right. it's just like in order the best players get taken. And uh, so after that day, I was just like, I didn't think that you could like sign for more than like the designated slot value on the third day. And uh, so 
I told my coach that I was coming back because I, that's what I thought. I thought the rules were I didn't think you could get any more money on the third day. So uh, I told him I was coming back, and I tweeted that like an idiot before. <laughs> yeah. Before I could. Well, we've all had our missteps back. on Twitter. My buddies, my teammates, are all, she still mess with me about that to this day. And uh, yeah, then next day I had a, a long phone call with Coach Johnson uh, in the morning, and we agreed. I told him like the number that I was going to be set on to where I would sign or go back to school, and the Mets uh, met the number and. Thankfully, they drafted me, and I couldn't be more happy to be a part of this organization. That's the important part. Yeah. How are you liking New York so far? I love it. It's so cool. I'd never been to New York City before I got uh, got up here this spring. So like, it's like so big. There's always something to do. Me and uh, Blade Tidwell, Tyler Stewart, we'll hang out. We'll go anywhere in the city and just like try to see all these new different things, stuff like that. I went to Times Square the other day. It was just really cool. It's just like all these different things. It's like, I'm from Fuqua, Verena, North Carolina, like a small town, North Carolina. Like, <laughs> this is crazy to me. I think Times Square is an incredible place when you think about, there are people who are walking on this block mm-hmm. that come from towns that don't have as many people on that block. No, there. that's true. It, it's insane. Do you know how many people walk through Times Square a day? Millions, I'm guessing. Uh, per day, one million people. On New Year's Eve, oh it, they predict at least two million people are going to walk through Times Square. Oh, on never that day go to Times Square on no, New Year's Eve. <laughs> no, that's not where you want to be. Um, let's talk about baseball, especially yeah. what you've done so far this season. Your ERA is under one. Um, you've been dominating hitters. What's the mentality that you've brought out to the mound with you in high A, the highest level you've reached in your career? And uh, what do you think has led to the success that you've had? Uh, for me, it's just mentally, man. I, every time someone steps in the box, I think I'm better than that guy. I know I, know I can get them out. Uh, I wouldn't be here if the Mets didn't believe in me, if they didn't believe I could do it. I don't think I'd be out here. And it's just taking it one day at a time, not trying to think too much about the future. Like, obviously, everybody here, they want to be in the big leagues. We all do. But I think it's just putting one front in front of the other, one day at a time, and then knowing that if you have success and take care of your business, that'll take care of yourself and you'll move up. So it's just what it's been for me to try to stay, like, sound mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think that just takes care of the game out here. And what have been some of the, uh, the biggest takeaways you've had playing pro ball compared to the college game? Uh, just some of the things you've noticed about the competition, about yourself in general. Well, I think the biggest the biggest difference in the competition, well, everybody throws hard. Everyone obviously can hit home runs, but it's all de- about development in minor sure. league baseball. So like in college, I would pitch three times on a weekend because it's all about winning in college right. and less about development. And then out here, it's like everyone rotates. We all get our turns and everybody gets their work in. And if you can like combine that together as like a team is where you get on a winning streak, which is what I think we've been able to do over the last week. Mm-hmm. Just start playing together as a team. To me, that's a lot more fun. It's no fun when you're losing, obviously, but when you're winning games and you're with all the guys, everyone's happier. You feel like you throw harder. Everything's just going right. But uh, yeah, the biggest difference. A lot of a lot of SEC fans might oh, get yeah. mad at me about this. They'll be like, "Oh, the SEC is just as good as high A," and it's not close. Like at high A, the competition is way better. Like you don't have it's every single night you got a guy 94, 95 on the mound. Sure. Like SEC, you'll have your Friday night guys that yeah. Like Paul LSU has a guy Paul Skeens that I mean he could probably pitching the big leagues right now. He's got really good stuff, but you just don't, you have consistently great ball players everywhere, everywhere you look around. And uh, so for me, that, that was the biggest takeaway, the competition. You can't pitch anybody like they're a nine hole hitter. Like everybody right. was the best player on their college team, or you got, there's no guys from Dominican Republic or Venezuela in the right. SEC either. So for me, it was just everybody you gotta be locked in on because anybody can take you deep at any moment, so. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What are your goals? What's your outlook for the rest of the season moving forward? I just hope keep my walks down a little bit more. Okay. But uh, other than that, man, just keep enjoying my time out here. Try to help this team win as much as possible. And uh, hopefully keep throwing the ball well. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. If I move up, that's awesome. Obviously, that's the goal. But uh, for me, it's just about just trying to help the team win as much as I can every day. So we play these on the scoreboard at City Field. So this might be some of the first time that some of the fans back at home get to see you for the first time. Mm-hmm. What do you want them to know about you, your game, and just you personally? For me, everyone's always like, if I was 6'10", I'd be in the NBA. I'd be an all-star. Like, yeah. It's not that simple. Like, There's a lot more that goes into it. You still have to work hard even if you're tall. And to me, it's like channeling all the height and levers and just try to throw successfully every night. But. Well, we asked Tyler about that. He's 6'9". You got Jace Beck also, 6'10". Yeah. Uh, You guys ever talk about the advantages that you guys have on the mound at your height? And also, have you guys ever thought about starting a little three-on-three team? Yeah, that would – we talk about the mound stuff a lot. It's like extension. Like, so you're releasing the ball like a foot closer to the plate than a lot of other people. Like, obviously, that helps. The – for me, it's like – being up here and then coming down because I have a lower slot and it's like all the funky angles that us three and we're all three very different pitchers we have different things but so we try to like collaborate and see what each other each other use but yeah the three on three basketball would be sweet uh, I don't know if we would have any ball handlers but we could definitely get some alley oops pound it down <laughs> down in the paint take it down low every time that would be a lot of fun I, I guess we haven't done that that'd be cool we ask everybody this question uh, you walk out to the mound for the first time at City Field what song are you going to come out to Confidence by Sanctus Real. It's a song that was my walk-up song in college, and it's my walk-up song here. So you're never you're never leaving it. That's your song. That's that's it for me right now. I, and unless I hear a better one, that's the one I'm going with right now. Well, dude, thanks so much for taking the time.